This is part four uh, on the title, Our Faith. Everything we do is by faith. And how important it is that we understand. And not just any kind of faith. This is not any kind of faith. We're talking the God kind of faith. That comes through knowing God and the Holy Spirit revealing to you what that faith is. That is nothing to play with. That's powerful, powerful faith we're talking about here. Let me give a brief recap from last week. And we actually were in Hebrews chapter 10. And the writers were encouraging the Jewish Christians in the faith. Because they are converted from Judaism to this Christianity they call it now. And they were going through a lot. They were being persecuted. They were being tortured. They were, they were being imprisoned. And they were being killed. Many wanted to quit and go back to Judaism to escape the persecution. They had endured so much until, until this, the moment, until the time when they got this letter. And they were being encouraged not to give up and cast away their confidence, which has great reward. They were instructed that they needed endurance to continue to receive the promise. I mean, that was awesome, that understanding. Because he said, you have need of endurance after you have done the will of God. To receive the promise. I mean, you've you got to meditate on that. So he's telling them they must continue to walk by faith until the end. And he said, walking by faith requires endurance. It requires endurance. And we also t- went to the book of James chapter 1 and we covered verse 2 and 4. But it stated that we must count it all joy. Have a positive outlook when you fall into various trials. Because our faith is being tested to produce patience. So he said, count it all joy. Because they were going through trials. They were being killed, tormented, persecuted, tortured. Their their homes were plundered. All their goods were stolen. But he said, count it all joy. He said, have the right perspective. Have a positive outlook. Understand what's going on. And that's the thing about our faith. You have to understand why the trial, why the trial, not only why, but what God is trying to accomplish. And if you have the right perspective from God's perspective, then you will understand how important your faith is. So when you fall, it says, when you fall into various trials, because our faith is being tested to produce patience. So we're going through trials so our faith can be brought to a standard. Understand? Because what? The Bible says we are being what? Shape conforming to the image of Christ. That is our standard. Christ is our standard. So we go through trials, and if you endure the trial, if you endure it with patience, you will eventually, or you are being shaped into that image of Christ. But to get to that image requires endurance. It requires patience. And, and I gave a definition of what patience was. Patience is a quality of restraint and self-control while waiting. And patience is required to make it through the trial. And endurance is needed for the long haul. So patience, you need patience to get through each trial. But you need endurance for the long haul. Because you say, run your race with patience. So as you are running the race, you are being patient. But you need endurance to, from the start to get to the end. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right. So, and I, of course I defined what endurance was. Endurance is the ability to patiently wait 
or have self-control during an unpleasant or difficult process without giving way. So patience in action, patience being put to work, gives birth to endurance. Because you have to actively be patient so that endurance can come about. So it's the ability to patiently wait and have self-control. So you don't flip out while you're being patient. You don't flip out while you're going the long haul. So as I said, patience at work or in action brings endurance. Endurance brings maturity and maturity brings one to the standard, which is Christ. So that's kind of in a nutshell what we covered last week. So today we're going to start in Matthew chapter 5 and we're going to read verse 38. To 48, but my text is actually in verse 48. And you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. That's Jesus speaking. But I tell you not to resist an evil person. I read that. I, was, I had to stop and read that again. I tell you not to resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to use, sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks you, and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. Verse 30, 43. You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good. And sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? And this is my text. Therefore, because of all I just said, you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Oh my Lord, glory to God. So I read this and I had to like really ponder. So the context you're looking at all these Jewish Christians being persecuted. But think about the trials that they're going through and what Jesus is saying here. Because what the writer in Hebrews was saying, he said, you were, and you were having patience. You were doing well to a point. Because what was going on was these people were being imprisoned, tortured, their houses were being plundered, they were being robbed, they were being beaten. He said, you're doing well up to this point, but you need have, have need of endurance because you need to finish your race. And then James said, count it all joy when you go into trials because that's to produce patience. So you read here what Jesus is saying. You have heard in verse 43 and in verse 38. He said, you have heard. So what he is saying is contrary to what they have heard. Love your neighbor. Hate your enemies. What is this new doctrine about loving your enemy and love those who spitefully use you? This is weird. This is weird doctrine. But this is what the persecuted Christians were doing. But they were getting tired of it. 
And the writer said, you guys need to endure. That is not easy to, that's easy to say. You know, somebody is persecuting you at work, giving you trouble at work, or a neighbor, or whatever it is. The pressure on your soul to conform to God's word. Because in the natural, you want to retaliate. In the natural, you want to, you come at me, I'm coming at you. It is natural that we want to do that. Because what, what we think, and what, what we would think is that people think that we are being weak. Because we are not responding the way we are expected to respond. Oh, you let the people take advantage of you. You let the people use you. You let the people... And what did Jesus say? Not to resist an evil person. So that boss that drives you crazy? Not to resist. Not to fight. You see, when you give it to God, you got to remember who's in charge. And you got to have the right perspective. Because there are spiritual principles at work in the situation. When you re- retaliate... What you sow, you reap. But the Lord said, He already told us what to do. He said, vengeance is mine. I will repay. So you leave them to me, and I will take care of them. He didn't say, you go do it yourself. He said, you leave them to me, and I will take care of them. So this is, this is the word of God. And this is, God already told us what to do in certain situations. And when we walk by faith, by doing what He says, He's, he's, he's obligated to keep us by His power. Because He's not going to go against His word. <laughs> it's that simple. So Jesus is saying here, not to resist the evil person. So think about the persecution the saints were going through. Because they, this was happening after Jesus resurrected. So Jesus was saying how a child of God needs to conduct themselves. So when the writer of Hebrews was writing the letter to the Jewish Christians. This is what they were doing. So whoever slaps you, turn the, uh, on your right cheek. He said, turn the other one. If you, anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak. My goodness. That is not what we want to hear. Somebody wants to sue you for whatever it is you have. They say, not only let them have it, give them extra stuff too. We don't, that's, that don't make sense. That don't make no kind of sense. He said, give to somebody, give to one who asks. And whoever wants to borrow, give. If it's in your power to give it. Don't turn it away. Verse 43. And another thing you have heard. Love your neighbor, hate your enemy. He said, no. Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you. People who take advantage of you. The Lord said, pray for them. That you may be sons of God. So I'm not going to go, go through the whole thing about greeting your own kind. Because that's what we, we tend to do. People who are nice to us, we are nice to them. We greet them. But we have to be willing to greet the ones who are rubbing us the wrong way. So when you go to work, and that co-worker or boss, who irritates your last nerve, you don't say, turn your head, walk and turn your head. No, good morning. How are you doing today? We are children of the light. We don't act like everyone else. I don't know how you can talk to that person. After what she said about you and he said about you. And what, after what the boss, they threw you under the bus. And you still want to say good morning and say hi. I have nothing to do with those people. But that's the way of the world. But we are not like the world. But to walk that kind of walk requires what? Faith. And I'm going sh- to show you what is required of us. 
It is not easy. But you cannot do it in your own strength. It is impossible. So my text is, Therefore you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. But what are you seeing in this scripture, in these scriptures? You have to be willing to let everything go. When the Christians were being persecuted, because in James, they were, the, the writer, James was writing to also persecuted Christians. You watch the, how they had to behave here when Jesus said, Love your enemies. Somebody wants to see you and take away your tunic. Let him have your cloak. You have to be willing to let go of everything. Nothing that's temporal you're supposed to be grabbing hold of. Look at what those Christians were going through. Everything they had was taken away from them. Everything they had. So you have to be willing to let go of everything at any time. Think about what some of our brethren are going through in some of the other countries where they're being beaten and persecuted. You have to be willing to let go of everything. When I say everything, even your kids. You have to be willing to let go and leave everything in God's hand. That requires faith. Because if you don't have faith, you'll be cursing God. If you don't have faith, as you go through stuff, things happen with your kids, with your family, you will curse God. That's why, Job, what did Job's wife say to him? Curse God and die. But there's something Job knew. There's something he knew about God's character. And he chose to walk by faith. Listen, the man lost his Everything. He lost everything. Even his kids. He lost everything. If there's anyone who had a right to be upset at God was him. But in spite of it all. Though he slay me, yet would I what? Trust him. So we haven't been put to that kind of test. And this is verse, verse 45 is powerful. Why did he say to do all these things? Bless and not curse. He said verse 45. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. Verse 48. Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. God. Listen, I don't know if you all get that. I don't know if you all got that. But that just, that's powerful stuff right there. Look at this. God's character. We see Jesus' heart here. We see our Father's heart through the Son. And the Father's character. Listen, God is all powerful. The Almighty God, Elohim. I mean, there is nothing God can't do. He spoke the worlds into existence. He created heaven and earth. But look, 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 how, look how God works here. And yet, He has so much patience and shows compassion and mercy. Giving people chance after chance to repent and be reconciled to Him. What does the Father do? He makes the sun to shine on the evil and on the good. Sends the rain on the just and on the unjust. God is showing compassion to all, even those who hate Him. He's showing compassion to all. So it says here, we are to be like our Father. Why do you think we are going through trial? So that we can be conformed into the image of Christ. We have to be like our Father. The Son and the Father are one. What did Jesus say? We are to be one in Him and with the Father. We are all one. So we have to develop the mental capacity, the character of our Father. That is going to happen through trials. As we walk by faith. So we have to have the heart here of the Father. You will be sons 
of your father. And this is not, just, this is not bastard children. These are authentic, legitimate children of God. The Bible talks about we will be ruling and reigning with Christ. How can you rule and reign when your, your mind is jacked up? <coughs> you have to have the character of your father to be able to rule. And the only way you can be called a son is if you are like your father. Jesus is the son of God. And we are brethren. We are joint heirs with Christ. That means there is something in us that has to be developed to be like him. How can we rule and reign with Christ with the wrong attitude? We have to have the God kind of faith. Therefore, you shall be perfect, verse 48, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. God's perspective. This is, you've got to look at what God's perspective. God's perspective. His perspective is eternal and not temporal. Understand, God clearly understands that everything that we see is going to pass away. He said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. Why? Because his word, he and his word are one. His word is spirit. So his word will never, the only way his word will pass away is if he passes away. He can't. But heaven and earth, what he has created in time and space will pass away. That's why we have to be, have the perspective to let everything go. Because nothing on this earth is going to last. It's all going to go away. Let me just show you something here. When the soldiers came to the Garden of Gethsemane, let me show you, let me show you the heart of God here. When they came to the Garden of Gethsemane to arrest Jesus, this is the same word who came from eternity in time and space, who through all things seen and unseen were created. In the Garden of Gethsemane, they came to arrest Jesus. He did not resist. He had power. And I'm talking, I ain't talking these trinket power these people think they have in this earth. He had real power. He could command things from the spirit and in the, na and the natural. He had, that's real power. These little soldiers came to arrest him. He didn't resist. He let them take him. He was tortured and beaten. He didn't resist. He let them beat him. He let them torture him. They stripped him of his clothes, had him naked. The Son of God, all-powerful, he didn't resist. He was nailed to the cross. He didn't resist. He did not resist. He had all that power, but did not resist the evil that was being done to him. But there was a purpose. For it. You see, you've got to see God's perspective. Oh my God. You've got to see God's perspective. When he hung on the cross... And then when he hung on the cross, what did he do? He prayed. He said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. He was practicing what he was preaching. He was putting it on display. Father, forgive them. For they know what, not what they do. What was he looking at? He was looking at things from the, from the eternal perspective. Faith working through love. That was faith in action working through, through love. Everything he allowed to happen to him was faith in action, working through love. What? The God kind of love. Because that love has to do with his obedience to the Father. There was something the Father required of him. So he was walking by faith, knowing that what the Father required, he purposely stepped and allowed and did what was required of him. Faith without works is dead. His faith wasn't dead because he actually did it. He acted on what the Father required. So faith works by love. He was walking in love, doing the Father's will. And what was the Father's will? That he had to die. 
His love was not only for the Father. His love was for man, lost man. That's why he stayed on the cross. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They don't understand. They don't have a heavenly perspective of what that love of God is. This love of God is on display right now. I am allowing it. I'm being beaten. I'm being nailed to the cross. I've been tortured. Spat on. They slapped me. They beat me. I'm allowing it. I have the power to call legions of angels. But I didn't do it. Why? Because Father, this is what you require of me. The love of God in action. And the love of God sometimes is not easy. The love of God is doing what you don't want to do. So he said, your enemy, the person wants to sue you. Give them, the, give, them, give them their cloak. They slap you on one side. Give them the other side. That's the love of God. Are we there? No, we're not there. Jesus was expressing his love for the Father by submitting to the Father's will and showing compassion for the lost. That's why a mass murderer, the, all, the whole earth will hate that person. But that person gives their heart to to God, repent and give their heart to God, that person will be in heaven. And people say, that ain't fair. No. It's just. Because that's God's word. God will never go against his word. Never. Never. Remember, he laid down his life voluntarily. Jesus. He could have called angels, but he didn't. What was he showing us? He was showing us power in check. He had so much power to call the angels, but his, he kept his power in check because he had to do the Father's will. That is real power. That is love. That is faith. Not going against what the Father wants because he could have called the angels, but he, went, he didn't go against what the Father wants. He submitted to what the Father required and he kept his power in check. You know what you know self-control that takes? <laughs> You guys have no how much self control that takes? All that power under control. So we saw his heart and the character of the Father. How we as sons of God need to be and what our faith must be like. We are being shaped into that same image of Christ. What is that image? Willing to do not my will, do the Father's will. And our our hearts cry also is to do the will of Christ and not our own. It ain't easy. I'm sorry. It is not easy. That's why we are put through trials. So that the character of the Father can be developed in us. Amen. So let me define perfect. And in verse 48, as I said in, in Matthew, Matthew 6. Therefore you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. And that is the same, uh, the, 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 the Greek word is teleos. It means complete, mature. In character, aka to be like our Father, to be like God. Yeah, don't flip out. We are to be like God. And when the Bible talks about you shall be God, yeah, we will be God. But we won't be the God, we will be like God. Because we are sons of God. We will be like our Father. That's why we have to go through the trial. Because God don't quit in between anything, He don't quit. God sees it from the beginning to endure. He endures. He endures to the end until what He has spoken comes to pass. God don't quit in the middle of anything. And we, as sons of God, must have that same tenacity. We don't quit. We don't give up. That's why the writer in Hebrews was telling them, you have need of endurance. After you have done the will of God, then you receive the promise. 
You know, you in sports, you understand? You can't quit in the middle of the game. You got to see through from beginning to the end. After you do, you run and get to the end zone, then you get the touchdown. You don't get the touchdown in the middle, standing in the middle of the field. You got to run the whole, run until you get to the end zone. Amen. There's no quit. There's no quit in the child of God. That's why we are members one of another. We have to encourage each other in the faith. Because I'll, I'm telling you right now, I don't have it all together every day. Some days I, I, need, I need to be, get a swift kick myself. We need each other. We need each other. And anybody who tells you they can do it on their own is a liar. And they're already deceived. And I'm, I'm not ashamed to say I can't do it on my own. I can't. Because as far, the last time I checked in the Bible it says I am a member of a body. And we are... Need, we need each other. So that means if I need another part of the body, that means I can't do it on my own. The last time I checked, and I don't know if you all read some other Bible. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But th- this definition, complete, mature, and this same word is the word te- teleos, used in James when he talks about patience. He said, let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So that when we go through the trials, is to bring us to a level of perfection or maturity. So that we will be like our Father. So consider what the persecuted Christians were going through. They were walking in godly patience and love, but got to a point where they wanted to quit. They were doing what Jesus said in Matthew 5. And as you know, we do get discouraged sometimes. But we must persist and endure in love. But can only be done by faith. If we endure, we will overcome because the word of God says so. The Lord already told us what's going to happen if we endure. He said, if you endure, you don't quit. You shall reap if you don't fail. If you don't give up, you will get the promise. In 1 John 4, 5, 4, the Bible says, Whatsoever, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Whatever is birth of God, from God, overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. So if you are truly born of God. By the spirit. You can overcome. But what does it take to overcome? Your faith. And for you to be able to have faith that you can rely on to overcome. That faith needs to be, needs to be developed. And for that faith to be developed. You need a little trial. And when you go through that, little, that trial. It brings patience. And as you, pay, as you pay, put that patience to work, it gives you endurance so you can run the race. Because whether you like it or not, when you sign up and say yes to Jesus, God put you on a fast track to being conformed to be like Christ. <laughs> and you can't quit in the middle of your race. You're going to run the race to the end. But you need endurance to get to the end. So we are in training. We may not like it. It don't feel nice sometimes. But that's what it's all about. So we don't quit. It takes faith to overcome. And patience in action to produce the endurance needed to keep walking by faith. Patience at work or in action brings endurance. Endurance, maturity. Maturity, the standard. What is that standard, as I said? To be like Christ. To be like God. We are being shaped to be like God. Glory to God. Glory to God. But it's a process. It's a process. Hello, little G. How you doing, little G? Here you go. What's up? That's what's going on. 
And don't be afraid to say, we are being conformed to be like our Father. And who is He? Elohim, the Almighty God. We are being conformed to be like Him. And our prototype is Christ. Glory to God. That's something to be excited about. But to get there, you've got to endure. You can't quit. You've got to endure. And God will keep us by His power as we walk by faith. Why? Because He said so. Okay, so, why do you think the heroes of faith, it was written about them, and this is back in Hebrews, I think chapter 11 or 13 or something like that. The heroes of faith, it was written about in the scriptures. It was for our learning and encouragement. That's why the scriptures, scriptures were written. These people weren't perfect, but they trusted God and overcame by faith. They all died in faith, not having received the promise, but they knew something. These people knew something. Abraham, Moses, Sarah, they knew something. They saw the promises way off. They know what God said. They didn't live to see the promise, but they knew that God will keep what He said He will do. So they said, this is what He said, that's what's going to happen. It's in the future. We don't, we're not going to live to see, but we know it's going to happen. They have confidence and embrace that promise. And they confess that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. They had the right perspective, as I, get, I said. The right perspective and understood that this earth in its present condition is not our home. They did their part. That's why I said you have to be willing to let go of everything. None of this stuff is going to last. So they understood that. That's why they were willing to let go of everything. Because they knew what God said. They knew they had their part to play. As we now have our part to play. We now. They already run their race. We here now in time and space. We are running our race. We have our part to play. But the perspective is that they said they were what? Strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Because this earth is not our home. It will be after it's redeemed and Jesus comes the new Jerusalem comes back and this all this heaven and earth is done away with there will be a new heaven and earth and then we will rule and reign with Christ but this one we are in here this is all going away so as far as we are concerned we are heavenly citizens we are not earthly citizens spiritually speaking you understand what I'm saying so your perspective is important you have to be willing to let go of everything that's why the, the Christians and the, and when the writers in the book of Hebrews and in James, when they were being tortured and persecuted, they understood the promise is ahead, it's far off. So they were willing to let go everything and, and walk in the light and do what's commanded. That's why they were able to, when they were beaten or tortured, that's why they could forgive. That's why when Jesus was on the cross, he could say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Why? Because he already knew the promise. He already knew what, what is going to be achieved. He already knew it. Heavenly perspective. Okay. Let me wrap this up. So what about us? Are we convinced, persuaded about who we are and what God is doing in our lives? Are we, are we fully committed? I don't mean committed. Are we persuaded? Is it settled in our heart about who God is and what He said He's going to do? Have still have doubts about that? Are we confident in who God is and what He promised? Do we have the perspective needed to live a life of faith on this earth? So you've got to be convinced that what God says He's He's going to do, he's going to do it. I'm, I'm convinced. But sometimes I need a little encouragement. 
I encourage myself in the faith, but sometimes I need my wife to give me an encouragement. And she'd be quick to give me a swift kick sometimes. No, I'm serious. And I, you know what? I appreciate it. I don't like it at the time, but I appreciate it. And sometimes I be, must be willing to give her a swift kick. Carefully. <laughs> but we have to encourage each other. Encourage each other in the faith. So God has given us His Word, His Spirit, and an advocate, the Lord Jesus. So as we walk by faith, let our, your, our motivation be the love of God. Why? What is that love? Obeying Him. That's our motivation. We want to please Him. That's why Jesus said, because I always do those things that please Him. That's it. That's His motivation. The love of God. The, that's how we express His love to the Father. I always do those things that please Him. Even unto death. I have all that power. But because I love the Father, I kept that power in check. And let them do what they needed to do to me. So that what the Father required happened. So understand that our faith is being tested to produce endurance. We must be able to rely on our faith to overcome. We must be able to rely on our faith to overcome. That's why, oh my God, that's why when they talk about the apostles and prophets, the foundation of faith is built on the apostles and prophets. But let every man, let every person be careful how you build on that foundation. Because it will be tested by fire. So that's why I'm saying, if your faith is any old kind of rickety faith, it ain't going to make it. It's not going to make it. That means that ain't the God kind of faith. It's not going to make it. So we must also pray, encourage, help one another, as I said. We need each other. I am persuaded that when I endure by faith, I am blessed. Because I know that God will keep me by His power. With every trial, as I walk by faith, I know that I am becoming more and more like my big brother Jesus. But there are conditions. If I walk by faith, if I endure... I know these things will happen. Why? Because that's what this word says. And I know he'll keep his part. The question is, am I going to keep my part? And I know, if you are persuaded, and you walk by faith, I know he'll do the same for everyone. 